I was paid to put on a killer show. Welcome back, everybody. Happy Monday. It is February 7th, 2022, and we are doing yet another edition of Simulation Radio Live. And we have an announcement about the show that I will be I'll be saving and teasing, and I'll leave it just as a tantalizing little carrot towards the end of the show, and we'll get to that in the last couple of minutes. But we have a lot of stuff to get to, especially considering that we missed an entire uh, week of shows. Look, I talked about this on the very interesting show on Thursday, but I had some really, really bad news fatigue last week where, you know, all of the stories that came out were just so damn divisive. I did not give a single fuck about any of them, and it was just fatigue. And I feel like a lot of people are starting to get to that point as well. But of course... We're back in the content mines here once again today, and I would like to know how everybody's weekend was. So before we really kick things off and just blow everything wide open on the show today, I would like to remind everybody that if you are listening to the podcast and or the YouTube recording of the video, then you can indeed listen to the show live every uh, Monday and Tuesday that may or may not relate to the announcement that we're making at the end of the show where it used to be Wednesday. But, you know, context clues, folks. <clears throat> but indeed, every Monday and Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern right here. YouTube.com slash simulation radio. We stream the shows there. Facebook.com slash simulation radio. The shows are streamed there as well. And of course, on twitch.tv slash simulation radio. And so I watched uh, this new show that is on Hulu that was getting a lot of attention. It's this docudrama that has Seth Rogen in it. And it's the docudrama about the, the sex tape that was released between uh, Tommy Lee of Motley Crue and Pamela Anderson from Baywatch. And it was... It was a, a sex-filled, wild-ass romp, if, you know, you're looking for a show that is basically porn. That's kind of what all the shows are nowadays, by the way. You can't just go on Netflix and watch a show or go on Hulu or it seems like even fucking Amazon Prime, you can't go on any of those platforms and just watch a show and not have it be, like, have legitimate, literal scenes of just it's straight up porn minus seeing the penetration that's kind of how it is like there were so many scenes in i think it's called uh pam and tommy on it's on hulu now but it's essentially a docudrama of the story of the sex tape uh getting leaked out onto the internet and 
it was a little bit interesting. I really wanted to almost pull the plug. Uh, spoiler alert. I, I don't know if you would even call this a spoiler alert, but there's one of the episodes where I thought that, you know, we were really going to start diving into the story of this sex tape. And episode one was about that. But then episode two goes into this whole big fucking backstory about Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. And it is just so damn vapid. And Pamela Anderson is such an idiot. And they make Tommy Lee uh, look like a complete just asshole jackass, which to be fair, I'm not doubting that that's the case because, you know, that's kind of how rock stars uh, seem to operate. They just have legitimate zero personality at all. But one of the things that I thought was interesting was the fact that they made us that the show made us really feel bad for uh, Seth Rogen's character, which was God, I fucking forgot his name, Rand something that ended up stealing the video and leaking it online and selling it online. And the show really, really wanted you to empathize with that character because of the way that they portrayed uh, Tommy Lee as just an insufferable asshole and Pamela Anderson as just this fucking vapid bitch that, you know, has not a single fucking brain cell in her head at any point in her entire life. And the way that the show portrays those characters, despite, you know, the story that I think most people seem to know by now, this is just really a dramatic retelling of it. But the show really makes us want to feel bad for that guy, despite the events that took place. And uh, I, I don't know how I feel about this, because on one hand, uh, yeah, clearly a crime was committed here where the tape was stolen from his private safe, you know, if the story is accurate and it's not just a dramatic retelling of the way that the events happened. But it really makes you feel sorry for the guy that ended up taking the the tape because you really you see how bad his life story is, how hard he got fucked by Tommy Lee, not literally, despite, you know, Tommy Lee walking around in a literal thong and uh, having his penis have a voice actor. That's not really a spoiler. I think that leaked to the media before this uh, show came out, but I thought I thought it was going to be way funnier than that, and it, it was pretty serious. It was kind of a drama, and with these characters involved, with fucking how idiotic Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson are, the fact that it was a drama... And it wasn't as, like, funny as I thought it would be. I thought it would be a docudramedy or some kind of shit like that. And But the only funny moment was when Tommy Lee's talking to his dick in the mirror, which we do see quite a full view of. So, you know, if you want to, if you want to watch porn on Hulu, then I would totally recommend checking it out. I think it's called... Uh, uh, Pamela and Tommy or Pam and Tommy or I don't, I don't fucking know what it's called but it's probably on the front page of Hulu because that's what everybody wants you to watch is they're just gonna shove fucking softcore porn in your face it's not even softcore it's full on porn without you seeing the fucking Tommy Lee's dick penetrating Pamela Anderson and if I mean if that's what you want then go ahead and I will definitely be watching the next episode when it comes out on Tuesdays so <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm already three episodes in, man. I'm too invested. I I wasted three fucking hours of my life watching three episodes, the three episodes that came out already. And I'm I'm sorry. I can't just drop it now. I have to know 
uh, what goes on, because I will admit that I don't really know too much about the backstory of this, and it's a little bit, it's kind of, the story at least behind it is interesting. Now, I don't really like the way that it was told, and maybe that's an argument for the fact that it's a good show because, you know, it absolutely makes you fucking hate Tommy Lee and Pamela Anderson. And if you don't, then I'm a little bit concerned about your outlook on life. But, you know, that aside, uh, maybe it did do a good job at making me hate everybody, every single human being involved in this. You know, even Seth Rogen's character kind of hate him, too. Maybe it's just because Seth Rogen is an insufferable human being. But OK, the only good character in the show is Nick Offerman's character, who's, uh, you know, you'll you'll meet him like towards the end of the the first episode. I'm not going to spoil that, but it is worth watching uh, for the hilarity that is Nick Offerman's character. That's probably the most redeemable, uh, redeemable part of the show. So. You know, while we're on the subject of, like, legitimate hardcore porn uh, in the form of this Hulu show, I want to talk about and just dive right into some of these stories here real quick, which is this Build a Bear After Dark series of horny teddy bears. Now, Build a Bear is coming out with a probably some sort of a Valentine's Day promotion that you can that at least you would be able to guess it was a Valentine's Day promotion. And the Build-A-Bear website, in their initial marketing campaign, says, quote, Who says stuffed animals were just for kids? Why should they get to have all the fun? And the campaign, the marketing campaign, is called Build-A-Bear After Dark. It's a new series of teddy bears designed specifically for adults. And, you know, a lot of people are struggling with that. It's getting very mixed reaction on social media. Some people aren't sure that it can withstand the pressure that a horny lion bear can exert, and then others seems to love it. Now, the question that you probably have on your mind when you think about this is, how bad are these bears? Now, keep in mind that Build-A-Bear is kind of a... It, it's a kid-friendly company. So when you hear Build-A-Bear After Dark, you probably think that it's going to be something naughty, right? That it's going to be like uh, maybe dirty bears that are like possibly fucking each other, which is not the case. The case is it's actually quite mild. And let's take a look at some of these Build-A-Bears that we've got here. Now, this is the Build-A-Bear Stuffed Animals for Adults. It has something for everybody, according to their marketing campaign, including stuffed animals for adults who are just kids at heart. Now, the problem is, is that when you hear Build-A-Bear After Dark and when you hear the marketing campaign behind this, like, oh, who says kids get to have all the fun? Maybe adults want some bears, too then you think that it's probably going to be pretty hardcore, right? You think that you might actually get an explicit bear of two bears fucking each other or this, like, look at this lion bear right here. It's on. Oh, it says, I love you. But honestly, if you're really going to go for the adult campaign, I want that shirt to say, hey, want to fuck? Uh, maybe that's just me. Here's another one of... uh that exact same bear pattern but in the marketing campaign the way that they dressed it up for the picture is this build-a-bear trying to seduce me i don't know man but i'd probably well, I, sh I should probably stop there but right here you see you know it's in a 
lion-looking bear in a very seductive pose. He's got a rose in front of him. It's very fancy. He looks like he wants to take good old female bear uh, on a nice little date and just cuddle up afterwards and have a very solid Valentine's Day. Except you had to. You've got to spend. You've got to spend some money on this. So. I want to know what you guys think about some of these bears, by the way. Be sure to leave a comment. It is at Simulation Radio on all of the social medias and the YouTube chat and the YouTube recording. What do you think about these bears? Do you think that maybe the marketing campaign was a little bit uh, disingenuous or it was it was a little little bit extra for what we're getting? Or, you know, do you think that this is pretty much the only thing that they can get away with and they're just trying to do some cute little uh, extra marketing here? So take a look at some of these. They've got a... They've got a Super Bowl teddy bear here. Oh, here's one, too. Of course, this one's for the fucking wine moms out there. It's wine o'clock somewhere. No, shut up. Fucking Build-A-Bear website. It's wine o'clock somewhere. Oh, boy. I bet all the fucking wine moms that go on Facebook to buy Build-A-Bears and custom make their Build-A-Bear. This is $40, by the way. This is $40 for this fucking wine mom bear. Oh, look at the look at the brand of the wine. It's oh Cabernet. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, man. I can't say. Yeah, it is Cabernet. What? Oh, come on, Build a Bear. Come on. At least go hardcore if you're gonna market a not for kids Build a Bear. Now they are rated. Uh, it, it is pretty PG at best. Oh, look at this. Here's a bear that says. Oh, it's $20. It's $20.90 for the Valentine's Day gift sale, which is what this marketing campaign was for. I want to take you out. They're missing the part on the back that says out back and, you know, let's fuck. They're, mi they're missing that part. Come on, Build-A-Bear. E they even have a fucking frog for $47, $47.85, nearly 50 bucks for this frog fucking uh, Build-A-Bear. John in the chat says strap-ons are extra. Uh, these these are already expensive. I don't know, man. I don't know if I want to add an extra strap-on to this. I, I'm we're already paying forty-seven eighty-five for a spring green frog Valentine's Day gift set. I mean, if you're right though, uh, if they're gonna go full-on uh, adult, they they do need to add the strap-on as an additional accessory. Even if it makes it more expensive, that's okay. But that's the perfect way to fully lean into this marketing campaign here. Now, uh, I want to know what you think. Let me know if you would purchase one of these bears or if it uh, it just seems a little bit extra or if this is not something that would interest you uh, at all. Again, the reaction on their Facebook page has been kind of mixed uh, some people are not sure about this branding, and of course, it's the fucking wine moms that they have a specific product for that are going on the Facebook page saying, "Oh, I don't know about this." Uh, ooh, let's let's read some of the uh, the Facebook comments. Uh, one person says, "I've been waiting for this with two laughing emojis. Why did you take my Facebook account? Build a Bear is doubling down on their sexy plush. Oh my God, here's a book." 
Um, no, I don't like the idea. I love Build-A-Bear because of the sweetness. Every child in my family I get for as a tradition. Let's not lean this way, please. Thank you. Look, look at these fucking bears. You really think that these are that bad? Here, you know, let me put these up on the screen again. Uh, what's your face? Hekla Oo, loyal Build-A-Bear, only for children customer. These are really, really PG bears. I don't think that these are going to be completely over the top to where it's going to damage their family-friendly reputation. So, but again, maybe I could be off base about this. So let me know what you think in the comments. And I look forward to uh, hearing what you guys have to say about this. So... Uh, I want to talk about next this story out of West Palm Beach because this is a crazy, crazy ass story. And it makes me try to think about and remember the last time I ever drove over a bridge that ended up being a drawbridge. Or I also want to know, too, uh, in the chat, when was the last time that you even drove over a bridge or have seen a bridge like do the creek up and try to let another boat under it. I haven't seen that in a long ass time. I really think that the last time that I saw a bridge actually close so that it could raise its draw bridgey bridgey arms. Maybe that's how that works. Uh, and let a boat pass. It, it, probably not since I was a child, actually. And so this story uh, really got me wondering because this is out of West Palm Beach. A bicyclist fell to her death from a drawbridge that connects West Palm Beach to Palm Beach. And of course, an investigation is underway to decide how the fuck could this even happen? This happened on Sunday. It was an older woman whose name has not been released. She was walking her bike across the Royal Park Bridge when it started going up. She was just 10 feet away from the end of the bridge when she fell to her death through a gap in the road. That sounds bad. So she was riding her bike, bridges, bridge arms, little, little, little flappers, they go up, and this woman just bikes right off the end of it. And now, of course, there is an investigation as to how this could happen. The woman tried to hang on. There was a bystander nearby who tried to help her, but tragically, she fell five or six stories below where she died landing on concrete, according to West Palm Beach police spokespeople. There is a bridge tender, and that bridge tender... kind of want to try it. That sounds delicious. Almost like chicken tenders. I want to try a bridge tender. They have certain safety protocols to follow that includes lowering of the gates for vehicles, lowering of the gates for pedestrians, and making several visual confirmations that there is nobody at either of the spans or past those gates. So the investigation is ongoing now to see how uh, this woman that was riding her bike could have passed uh, any of these checks. It seems like there were quite a few checks and balances in place to prevent this sort of thing from happening. And so naturally, they have to do an investigation to figure out, okay, how the fuck did this woman uh, just bypass all of these sensors and get to the bridge as the little flappers, the bridge tenders? Mm. Still, I'm down for some bridge tendies. Uh, how she could just keep biking her way and... <laughs> right into the water. 
John thought I th- thought I said walking her bike, and you imagined a bicycle or her walking a bicycle on a leash. That would have been a little bit. Uh, that would have been quite funny. I mean, this was an elderly woman, so maybe she could have mistaken her bike for a uh, for her pet animal. Maybe she was getting up to that age in senility and thought, oh, "Let me just put a leash on my bike and." walk her bike and then she comes back and her dog just shit all over the carpet because she took out the bike instead of the dog. Figure out exactly what happened. They tell us that the woman was almost across the bridge when she fell from the opening drawbridge. Emergency lights and caution tape blocked off the Royal Park What bridge. is this audio? They say a woman was walking her bike Come on, across NBC. the drawbridge. That's when she fell through a gap in the road. Uh, the woman tried to hang on. There was a bystander nearby who tried to help her. Uh, but tragically, she fell about five to Tragic. six stories below Tragic where she story. died, uh, landing on concrete. Palm Beach police say the woman was 10 feet from the end of the bridge when it started lifting. There is a bridge tender, and that bridge tender has certain... So she was 10 feet from the end of the bridge, and then the bridge started lifting up. So I guess, it, from what it sounds like, she had already made her way across most of it, and then the bridge... Uh, does the thing she was walking her bike i guess so i guess she is just that senile of an old lady look at this point imagine if she had just rode her bike across this bridge she probably would have got got across the bridge fast enough to uh not just (whistles) right into the water safety protocols to follow specific safety protocols. look at this drawbridge signal you would think that you know you it's kind of like passing a train track where it makes it quite quite obvious that there's a train coming because the little flappers will close shut they'll have all the flashing lights ding dong ding dong hey a train's coming you're probably gonna die if you uh cross these tracks and for one of these bridges uh, it looks like they have the same kind of mechanisms here where it makes it fairly obvious. But again, uh, in what I assume to be a fairly senile old woman who is not exactly paying attention, which, by by the way, that doesn't mean that she deserves to die here. Like, clearly, all there are multiple uh, checks in place here that could have prevented this from happening that did not seem to go off at all. So it, it's not like this woman is at fault here for, you know, missing the big obvious signal here. It's just that this is why the investigation needs to take place because clearly, clearly something went wrong here. Protocols. Uh, that includes lowering of the gates for the vehicles, lowering of the gates for the pedestrians, and making several visual what? What confirmations that, that there is nobody on either of the spans or past those gates. Now well, we have full audio. Police look into what went wrong. Bicycle safety advocates like Juan Oriana says the Royal Park Bridge is highly trafficked. Palm Beach is. God, imagine falling off that fucking bridge, too. Look look at that. There's something just creepy about seeing a vertical road. It reminds me of the, the fucking scene from Inception where uh, things are just flying around everywhere and you see dip, uh, like buildings and shit at different angles. That's happening in real life here. It, there's just something off-putting about seeing a road like at a 90-degree upward angle that is completely unnatural and this this poor woman accessible only through three bridges and this is the main bridge so it is uh, very used by cyclists 
Were we she probably stopped because she thought that the bike uh, needed to take a shit and she was a little bit pissed because the bike was just not taking a shit because that's the whole purpose that she brought her on the walk for. I mean, the dog has to go number one or not the dog. The bike has to go number one and number two before she brings it back. And, you know, when the bike is not given in, it's not getting a treat when it gets home. But unfortunately, neither the old lady nor the bike made it home. Donna says the bridge is equipped with barriers and bells, alerting people when the bridge is about to go up. For one thing, you will hear the bell before the, yeah, uh, the even makes the arms sense. go down. Unless she was uh, deaf. So when you hear the bell, you like you got to get out of the way before the bridge goes up. West Palm Beach police say they are still investigating, but advocates urge everyone to be alert and aware. Always drive defensively. Always be aware of your surroundings. But what if I don't want to drive defensively all the time? Sometimes I just need to really, really cross that bridge before uh, it fully opens up. Or maybe I want to do like a Dukes of Hazard and try to... I want to make it right as the bridge is like starting to go up and then you drive across it and, you know, you do a nice little ramp and you get some sick airtime and then you honk the Dukes of Hazard horn and then uh, you just don't make it. We covered a story about that not last week, but the week before on the show where a guy tried to do that in I think it was Michigan and it did not go well for him. So as fun as that sounds, uh, maybe maybe not the best idea. See what is going on. Uh, because it, 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 it's our life that we're playing with sometimes. Police tell me this is still an active investigation, and they is it will still be going active? through surveillance video. As the bridge, that it was, was mean, able to sorry. reopen after about six hours. Reporting in West Palm Beach, Joe Lopez, WPTV, News Channel 5. Don't cancel me like they canceled Joe Rogan. So when we come back, we are going to uh, get to that Joe Rogan controversy story because I, there's a lot of misinformation that is going around about that and we'll kind of dive into what's real what's fake what does this all really mean and we will also do eye on social media at the end of the show because there's a youtube influencer who got arrested in a very satisfying way because he thinks that he is above the law like a lot of youtube influencers that know nothing besides uh youtube and they just get thrust into that lifestyle that's how they live and I'm not going to lie, I, I do like seeing uh, sweet justice in action uh, on the occasion. And it happened here. So we'll do some eye on social media. We'll cover the Joe Rogan stuff. And we will also get to the special announcement about the future of the show. And we've got all that in the back half. And we will get to it when we come back. if I like the theme that the show is turning out to have tonight, which is it's got a very sexy vibe, very uh, adult theme to it. 
And we continue that, of course, because what better way to uh, cap that off by saying that I don't like it by continuing to cover it. But director Steven Soderbergh, and I had to look up his IMDb before even talking about this story, because supposedly he is a very, very famous director. But the issue is I have no fucking idea who he is now. Going on his IMDb, it looks like he directed movies like uh, Magic Mike, uh, Contagion, all of the Oceans 11, 12, and 13 movies, and I had no fucking idea who he was. Oh, God, apparently there's another Magic Mike's movie that's coming out, Magic Mike's Last Dance. It's in pre-production right now. I don't know. I think I speak for everybody when I say that, you know, we don't really need another gracing of the Magic Mike's franchise, on unless you're a horny woman that just really, really wanted to see Channing Tatum in all sorts of compromising positions, which that 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 is kind of fair. That is kind of fair. Channing Tatum is a very good-looking gentleman. <clears throat> so uh, he has made news because he said in an interview recently with the Daily Beast. He also directed Traffic too, which I guess is one of the things that he's the most known for. But I've never. I don't even know what the fuck that movie is that he is not really into directing a superhero movie. And the reason that this interview is making headlines is because there's a very sexy reason that he's just not into it. He starts off by saying, not really. And I'm not a snob. It's not that I feel that it's some lower tier in any way, because we've heard a couple of other uh, famous directors come out and say that, you know, I'm just not interested in doing superhero movies at all. It's just completely lowbrow. It's I'm, I'm just too fancy. I'm too uh, elitist of a Hollywood director to even consider doing doing one of those cape shit Marvel movies. But this is a different answer. And the reason is that he's not doing this. Uh, <laughs> John says you literally directed traffic at a busy intersection. That's probably as good as some of the movies that he's directed. Directing traffic at a busy intersection. I don't know, man. That sounds a little bit like fucking Ocean's 11 and 12 and 13 to me. That Same thing, right? Now, the reason that he's coming out and uh, making headlines for this interview is because apparently, according to him, superhero movies have a certain lack of realism to it. And one of those particular things that it doesn't have in the realistic department is the fucking. He says there's no fucking. Nobody's fucking in superhero movies and that's just entirely unrealistic. I can't do it. I cannot direct a single superhero movie because nobody's fucking in the superhero movies, which uh first of all, have you ever seen Watchmen? Like I don't know, man. I I think or what about Deadpool? There's plenty of fucking in Deadpool. Like why don't you just make one of those movies if you're so uh, in demand for a superhero movie? Not that I think anybody's really demanding a guy that nobody's ever really heard of to direct a superhero movie. But, you know, maybe again, maybe I'm off base on this. So uh, let me know what you think in the chat, by the way. Have you ever heard of uh, Steven Soderbergh or do you like are any of the movies that he's directed some of your favorite movies? Because, again, I'm entirely open to the possibility of being completely off base on this one. And, you know, maybe he's just a huge director and I'm the one that's out of touch. You know, a good old, old Florida man radio host over here is entirely out of touch with the entertainment that people have come to know and love. But 
that's the reason that he is deciding not to direct a superhero movie because they're entirely unrealistic. There's no fucking also for a lot of these, he says, for me to understand the world and how to write or supervise the writing of the story and characters, apart from the fact that I can bend time and defy gravity and shoot beams out of my fingers. I don't know, man. That seems like a pretty, pretty simplistic oversimplification of what's going on in superhero movies. There's no fucking, nobody's fucking, like, I don't know how to tell people how to behave in a world in which that is not a thing. Well, I, I I got to tell you, man, there is fucking in superhero movies. Again, go go watch Deadpool. Go watch Watchmen. Watch Watchmen. Do it. So he is making headlines over this interview uh, from the Daily Beast. And again, that leads me to the question of who? Who are you again? I don't get it. All right, let's jump into this. Uh, let's jump into the Joe Rogan story because there is a lot of misinformation about what's going on with Joe Rogan. And honestly, I'm going to be dead ass here. This uh, story, this whole Joe Rogan controversy, 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 turning into Bob Dole here, that uh, occurred for the entirety of a week's news cycle. Joe Rogan was basically the top headline for the entirety of last week, and he continued to steal the headline spotlight over the weekend because he issued an apology on Instagram on Saturday after a compilation of him, you know, using the N-word on his podcast spread widely on social media. And essentially what it is, it's a supercut of zero, zero context except for, you know, this story of him equating going to go see a movie in a black neighborhood to Planet of the Apes, which, you know, he was telling a joke. And not that that's an appropriate joke, but at the same time, uh, we've got, and I really don't want to turn this into whataboutism, but it, it kind of is. What's the difference between how everybody wants Joe Rogan off the platform and deplatformed and we have instances of our president saying it in or as recently as the 80s we've got people like howard stern uh saying it that are just idolized by the media now despite the fact that you know these people have said the same kind of shit and in context it even in context it doesn't really look good now what's the difference between joe rogan and these people the fact is that the president and you know howard stern now now that he's had his balls just fucking ripped right off of him are playing for the narrative they are cooperating with you know the kind of hyper corporatism that is going on in the world now and they're playing ball essentially and joe rogan doesn't do that now to give a little bit of a background, I'll tell the whole story for what's going on here. Now, initially, Joe Rogan put out uh, a piece or another Instagram video about a week ago regarding some of the controversy that he is getting about the uh, the Neil Young story. Now, to talk about the Neil Young story, I'll summarize that real quick, which is that Neil Young threatened to pull his music off Spotify despite the fact that he does not own his record label and he doesn't really have any choice about that. He's just kind of grandstanding because he disagrees with Joe Rogan. And, you know, nobody that doesn't agree with me is allowed to have an opinion that is out in the public ether. That's just not how things work now. 
which is entirely stupid, by the way. This whole misinformation thing has gone entirely too far. Is it not possible to just ignore things that you don't agree with without having to silence them? And that's a problem in the world that we live today, where if you do, do not agree with something, if you don't agree with another point of view, a lot of people's first reaction is I need to deplatform them and I need to get them out of the public spotlight and I need to make it so that other people uh, can no longer listen to them. And that's just not the type of society that we should be living in. So Joe Rogan issued an apology on not not an apology this time he issued a sort of clarification on instagram talking about how this one this one was the one outside this one was from uh, a week ago where he essentially made the point of yeah i don't i did not mean to be in this situation i'm just a comedian i'm interviewing people i'm letting other people say what they've got to say and he did say that he will do his best after he has a particularly controversial guest on that might have uh, very hot takes about things that he'll try to get somebody else of the other point of view on, which, you know, is a good idea. He was not apologizing in this situation. He just came out and said, all right, look, I'll try to do better. I will get people that disagree with controversial guests on a little bit sooner afterwards. Now, you would think that that would be it, but no, that was not it because then uh some journalist i think it was released that supercut video of all of the only the n-word clips completely out of context uh i don't remember how long the compilation was but it was enough to cause joe rogan to steal all of the headlines once again over the weekend that he had to issue another apology for on saturday after this compilation ended up coming out he used it more than 20 times in the clips from the different podcast episodes, which he said were compiled over a span of 12 years. And he said that it was the most regretful and shameful thing that he's ever had to address publicly. And here is some of, uh, here, here's some of his apologies. Hello friends. Um, I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There's a video that's out that's a compilation of me saying the N-word. It's a video that's made of clips taken out of context of me of 12 years of conversations on my podcast. And it's all smushed together. And it looks fucking horrible. They really don't Even want him around for midterms. Now, I know that to most people, there is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word. Never mind publicly on a podcast. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years, but for a long time, when I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation and stay. In so he essentially gives the the whole long backstory in this apology video where uh, he hasn't said it in years. I certainly would never want to offend somebody for entertainment with something as stupid as racism. And the thing is, is that you can really tell from listening to him that, you know, Joe Rogan is a good guy that got thrust into a situation where he's now one of the most famous people on the entire planet. And you can you can tell the good-hearted nature of him in some of these apologies. That's not to say that there are not celebrities that do fake apologies that just talk out of their ass, but 
I really think that Joe Rogan is making a kind of tactical error here because you cannot apologize to the people that are offended by everything. Again, what do you think that these people that are offended by everything think about, uh, you know, our, our president now? Let's this is president biden by the way okay i'm i'm gonna get fucking obliterated by the algorithm by continuing to play that and you know here's another uh figure that is completely beloved by the same people that are just so offended by joe rogan here's howard stern but because he plays for the right team now because he is promoting the narrative and because he is you know uh, keeping just uh, woke corporate values out and, you know, continuing to be propagated in the world because he's allowing them to continue to be promoted. He is allowed to get away with this. He is allowed to continue to be platformed, whereas because Joe Rogan has an opinion that is not necessarily aligning with what the mainstream media wants and what the the common narrative is, then Joe Rogan has to be attacked and supposedly he has to be deplatformed now. Now, here's part of the story that is fake, which is that a lot of people are coming out and saying that Spotify are the ones that removed uh, the... I think it's upwards of 70 episodes now of the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. Spotify, some people are saying, are the ones that removed these episodes. Now, if you watch the rest of the Joe Rogan apology video on his Instagram, that's not true. Joe Rogan has come out and said that, okay, because I feel so bad about this, I have chosen to remove these episodes. Now, that's not to say that Spotify has not removed previous episodes. They have removed episodes about, like, for instance, Alex Jones, uh... I don't know how I don't even know how to fucking pronounce the British pedo that was on there. Uh, Yiannopoulos. That wasn't that hard. But that's another thing that a lot of the people on the far right that are heavily invested into this issue are saying that, oh, Spotify is just censoring everything. No, that's not the case. Joe Rogan decided to pull these episodes off the air. And then, of course, we've got the people on the complete far left going that, you know, oh, because Joe Rogan is a person that I don't like and because he's somebody who has opinions that I disagree with, then we need to deplatform him, which I don't agree with either of these viewpoints. How, why is it not possible to just have somebody allowed to say things despite that the fact that they don't agree with them. What kind of a culture are we living in now where you're no longer able to disagree with people? I don't understand, especially if you have an opinion that is in disagreement with what the mainstream narrative is telling you. And I really think that that's kind of a level of fucked up that we're going to really dive into, especially as we get closer to the election cycle, because it seems like that the powers that be want Joe Rogan out of the public spotlight by the time the election cycle comes around, because, you know, it timing seems a little bit suspicious on this. All of a sudden, now we have got to start the Joe Rogan attack and we'll see how this ends up. So uh, ultimately, I I really am hoping that you can see some of the misinformation that is going on with this story and kind of call it as it is. And maybe we can start living in a world where we're not so damn sensitive about people who have different opinions than you. And the reality of the world in 2022 right now is that you're a lot of people's 
first reaction to hearing an opinion that they disagree with or an opinion. And of course, the way that they get at this is they label it as misinformation and that it's dangerous, which is what happened with Neil Young, uh, with a lot of the other artists that are threatening to pull their music off of Spotify. And so far, at least, it seems like Spotify is standing with Joe Rogan. And I really, really hope that they will continue to do that as the attacks get more and more severe and as people start to take wanting to deplatform Joe Rogan more and more seriously. And trust me, it is coming. This is how the culture is going. They are going to continue to come after him. His apologies are not going to be enough because the people that hate Joe Rogan, and this is why I think that it was a kind of a tactical error on Joe Rogan's part to apologize. Now, obviously, I think Joe Rogan knows this, but he's he's a good human being, and he really wanted to put it out there, this apology, in case there were actually people that were offended by this. Obviously, this is how it goes for everybody. Everything that has something interesting to say has skeletons in their closet like this. Everybody has said some sort of controversial thing. And when we start applying the same standards, clearly it's not okay what he said. But when we start applying the same standards that we have today to stuff that people have said upwards of, you know, 10 or even longer years ago, then that's where we start getting into a, a fucked up world, the, this fucked up snowflakey world where you're just not allowed to say anything out of fear of, and I really hate going into the just the buzzword of getting canceled, but that's kind of what it is. And we'll see how this continues to develop. But I mentioned earlier that I think that Joe Rogan made a tactical error in apologizing. He just did it because he's a decent human being. But you can't apologize to the side that is perpetually offended by everything because then they will move the goalposts. They will never be satisfied by your apology. And then every time you fuck up, even minorly afterwards, they will expect an apology like that. And it's the whole, it's the slippery slope, logical fallacy where you just keep moving the goalposts and moving the goalposts and moving the goalposts. And then all of a sudden Joe Rogan has to apologize for everything. And every single little micro thing that he says will be under the spotlight and just micro analyzed until he's gone and people hear the one little thing that is prime to just jump on him and completely get rid of him unfortunately it seems like the powers that be want him uh out of there right in time for the next election because we did have uh, White House press secretary Jen Psaki come out and say that Spotify should be doing more to censor Joe Rogan or to control Joe Rogan or whatever the exact phrasing was. And I wonder why that could be when the person that you work for has said way worse things and yet he is still allowed to exist in the public spotlight. You know, it, I wonder why it might just be because Joe Rogan happens to have an opinion that they disagree with. And what is the way that we're handling that now in 2022? It's to get him out of there. It's to remove him because he has a dissenting opinion and we are just not allowed to have dissenting, dissenting opinions anymore. And I really, really hope that we as a culture will start to learn to ignore things that we disagree with or listen to them and not give a fuck instead of be continually offended or continually wanting to remove that person because they offended you or 
Oh, my favorite part is when people virtue signal about how uh, they act offended on behalf of other people. When you don't know how other people are going to react, you don't fucking live in other people's shoes. You know, uh, white liberals are really, really bad about this in particular about, oh, I'm going to be offended on everybody else's behalf. Shut the fuck up. Get over it. (laughs) All right. And now I am not Kent Brockman, but this is I on social media. Oh boy, do I love it. I just love hearing good stories of stupid ass influencers who have known nothing in their lives besides being influencers when they get punished for doing a very stupid thing that they probably didn't know was a very stupid thing because they live in their, you know, little influencer bubble where they have not lived an iota of real life before. And what better way to capture that the sweet, sweet justice than this 21-year-old influencer. His name is Jason Sid, and he has uh, 2 million subscribers on YouTube. I actually think it's Kid, C-I-D, King Kid. Fuck, I don't know. These fucking influencers pronounce their names so damn stupid now. But he was punished by the Coral Springs Police Department here in Florida for a prank that he shared uh, regarding suspicious activity involving Coke being sold at a mobile gas station. And when officers responded to investigate, they found two men inside of a vehicle pretending to deal cans of Coca-Cola and not cocaine. So he misled police into thinking that there were cocaine deals that were going on, but instead, no, it was the classic bit of it. It's no, it's not cocaine. It it's Coca Cola, man. Of course, the Coral Springs chief Clyde Perry did not find the prank funny, especially due to some of the limited resources that the de- the police department were dealing with at the time. And he gave an interview to the local news station. While these officers were tied up on a made-up prank call, they were unavailable to respond to vehicle accidents, EMT calls like heart attacks, and other real emergencies. I'm personally offended by the waste of our resources. And I want to play a game with you all, chat. I want to spin the wheel. I want to see what this number lands on and i would like to get your guesses let's spin it the wheel is spinning what number are we going to come up with how many so chad i want to know how many real emergencies before we uh before i give it away and give the number here how many real emergencies do you think that police could have taken care of because they give a specific figure in this story how many police incidents do you think uh were not responded to due to this prank i'll give you some time think about it i'll let it let it uh marinate for a little while just think about it for a little bit i would like to know 
how many incidents the police didn't get to because they were responding to this stupid-ass YouTube influencer prank? Well, the answer is seven. There were seven real emergency calls that were delayed because of the prank. And despite the waste of their time, the officers were nice and friendly when they came up to this uh, prank. They were polite and professional during the incident. And this YouTuber was arrested for misuse of the 911 system. And detectives say that there could be more arrests that could happen as a result of the prank. Now, it doesn't seem like that this is a one-person operation because I'm getting a good look. I'm taking a look at some of these uh, fucking YouTuber YouTube videos. It looks like he's got a whole production crew, which I mean, when you have 2 million YouTube subscribers and you're just a YouTube influencer that, oh God, look at this. It, this is going to be a you rage, you lose chat. Check out this YouTube page. Uh, of course, pictures of cars, uh, the classic influencer lifestyle. Here's the video right here. Coke prank on aggressive cops but let's check out the news story so disturbing an outdoor crime alert tonight coral springs police arresting a man for calling 911 all for a video prank the police chief said wow. this was video no prank. laughing matter local times joseph ojo is live in coral springs no with what matter. the suspect had to say for himself joseph and this was a prank call of suspicious activity with drugs. This looks like Coral Springs here, man. This news reporter looks like he is on vacation. He's got one earbud in. He's got a nice tight polo on looking like he might be ready to head to the beach and just rip that fucking polo off. But no, he's got a report on this fucking YouTube influencer story. I'm sorry, buddy. It's being involved. Police saying that this stunt was no joke as it wasted their resources. And tonight we're hearing from Jason Sid, the man. Seven calls. It was they could have been too. Shares. 21 year old Jason Sid and his buddies prank calling Coral Springs police. 911, what is your emergency? Hello, um, I'm calling because I see like weird, suspicious activities at a gas station. Like, I'm on YouTube. My goal is to hit three million in six months. I'm a they interviewed him. He's he was interviewed on local news for this fucking prank. And you know what? What do you think is going to happen? What do you think that you calling the police and them coming over? For your stupid prank is going to result in you think the police are going to pull up and they're just ah ha we're going to have a nice little laugh no youtube influencers that's not quite how this works i'll do what i need to do to entertain you feel me sid stunt for clout may just get him to three million subscribers on sid stunt for clout what the fuck the i all right fellas i think this is it i think this i i've i say this a lot but this might just be the end of my run here in this world and if this is the level of clout that YouTube influencers are trying to chase. And trust me, it's not just YouTube influencers. Has anybody ever been to TikTok? It's just as bad. But if this is the level of clout that we're trying to chase now in the influencing world, again, I think this this might be it for me, fellas. Just get me out. This is not the world that I want to live in. YouTube, but his stunt also got him arrested for misuse of the 911 system. How you doing, officer? Is there a problem? Yeah, there's not a problem. You're you're made up a fucking prank. Nice prank, bruh. Police say that in hopes of showing cops harassing the young men, Sid and his buddies lured officers to a phony suspicious activity call. Activity in this is really in depth, by the was way. consistent with a drug deal. My officers responded and were polite and professional. We got stuff in the car. We got stuff in the car. No, why would?
When officers looked inside there, oh, the truck, all right. they, found... they, they had to do a little bit of acting, too. Now, they were trying to play it off as though, oh, we're so scared of going to jail and, you know, have to play it up for the fucking YouTube clout, of course. Let's go back and watch this this Profession. acting job again. That First of all, the main fucking YouTube idiot really looks like he cannot contain his laugh. It looks like he is about to burst into laughter at any moment. This guy right here, the guy on the left, is actually doing a pretty decent job at acting because he's he's really convincing me of his performance here that he's afraid of uh, going to jail because of this this prank of all the coke that's in the trunk, which was uh, it was just Coca-Cola, by the way. I'm not, bro, I'm not going to jail for you. I'm not. When officers looked inside, the other guy's the truck, acting is okay. The bag of coke, not coke. For some reason, the guy that's the star of the show, the fucking YouTuber, that's the star, the the head influencer, he's just, he's, you can tell he's just got cloud on his mind. Pain, but rather red cans of Coca-Cola. After 2022 being released sucks, from jail, man. police started investigating. They would find out that seven emergency calls were delayed because of the bogus call. Seven these officers were tied up on a made up call. They were unavailable to respond. They could have helped at least seven other real people because of the police staffing shor uh, shortage. Vehicle accidents, EMS calls like heart attacks and other real emergencies. The chief of police says he was personally offended by the waste of resources. Sid is now apologizing for his actions. I wonder if people I died. do it again just because, like, what I heard from it. I'm not trying I to wouldn't do it again. You really think that he wouldn't do it again? Uh, the only reason that he's even having to apologize here is because he got caught. You bet your sweet ass that he, if this had went on without a hitch and if the situation had happened the way that, that he, like, clout envisioned it, which was, you know, police just strolling up, uh, them having a good laugh. Ha ha. Yeah, it was just a prank, brah. And then they go on their merry little way. You bet your ass that he would do something just as equally irresponsible and stupid as this. And the only reason that he's even being taught a lesson here is because he got arrested because the police are saying, no, this is not actually okay. Put anybody's life in danger. I didn't know anybody was being affected by it. Of course not. Of course, uh, I didn't know that other people would be affected by my actions. That classic fucking classic YouTube influencer. What? Other people are influenced by or are impacted by my actions? Uh, influenced would work there, too. I can't believe it. There are other people in this world that might be affected by the things that I do. What the fuck? I didn't realize this is the first time I'm learning about this. Because I haven't lived a real life. And whether this was to entertain or not, this investigation is ongoing and more arrests are likely to come. When Coral Springs tonight, I'm Joseph Ojo, Local 10 News. Joseph Ojo, I, I hope you make it to the beach, man, because it really looks like that you are just heading on your way over there. So let me know what you think about this story. Do you uh, do you really think that this went a little bit too far in the clout chasing department? Or do you think that this might have just been a ha ha funny prank? This is just classic YouTube influencer uh, let me know what you think in the comments or make sure to follow at Simulation Radio on all of the socials. Let me know what you think about this. Are you as outraged as I am? Because I'm not going to lie. Uh, I will instantly lose a you rage you lose when it comes to like influencers doing stupid stuff because that is the kind of shit 
that just it, that really really pushes my buttons man influencers are just not real people i swear to god and the disconnect between them and real human beings especially once you hear this guy say oh i, I didn't know that other people are affected by my actions or what kind of a fucking human being are you jesus and that ladies and gentlemen was i on social media wow infotainment all right quick announcement before we wrap up the show here which is that if you can't tell uh if you couldn't see from the little tippy top here if you are watching the youtube video in fact it's even on my camera Ooh, poke 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 but if you're watching live or you're watching the YouTube video, then you can see uh, I'm going to be I'm just going to rip it off and say it because we do not have a lot of time left that uh, we used to be Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. Eastern. But I'm going to be uh, trimming the showdown, the simulation radio live showdown to just Monday and Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern. I think that will give us enough time to cover all the big stories from the week and kind of have a good time and it'll allow me to have an extra day being Wednesday of like office hours where I get to work on stuff and maybe make some more videos and potentially do some other kinds of streams that are not doing podcasts and radio shows and to properly get ready for the very interesting show every Thursday evening. So I alluded to it uh, the last couple weeks that this might be the direction that we would be heading, which is to cut one of the days. And I have decided to uh, cut Wednesday from the simulation radio live schedule. Again, I think Monday and Tuesday will be enough to get to all of the juicy stuff, have a good time. Uh, and, you know, if the shows do end up going long, kind of like kind of like tonight is by a few minutes, then so be it. Uh, and that's just our announcement for tonight. And that'll result in a lot of other stuff, a lot of other good stuff. This will give me some time to work on the website a lot. It'll give me some time to, as I mentioned earlier, make some more videos, do some more social media content. Uh, it, it will result in a net positive. And plus, the thing is, I kind of get burnt out by the third day anyway of covering all of these stories. And especially once all the juicy ones are taken on Monday and Tuesday, Wednesday is just kind of the filler day anyway of stuff that we didn't get to and stuff that didn't make the cut from Monday and Tuesday. So it'll result in a better product all around. And I think that uh, we will have some more fun on Monday and Tuesday for not having to worry about, you know, what the fuck are we going to do on Wednesday? Wednesday is kind of office hours, maybe some live stream days. And I think it will result in a more positive and productive environment at uh, simulation radio altogether. So thank you all for listening as usual. Be, be sure. Jesus almost got that outro mixed up here. Uh, be sure to follow at Simulation Radio on Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, even even the other big social media. I'm not I'm not even going to say what its name is because I'm already so outraged by the stupid YouTube influencer that I look, I can't even bring myself to say TikTok shit. But do make sure to follow on all of those things. Taking Wednesdays off will give me more time to put up some more content on all of those socials and be sure to uh, follow along and also make sure to leave a comment if you have anything to say about what we talked about this evening, because I look forward to hearing from you. I will interact with all of you and, you know, come, come continue to have some fun. So 
Thank you all for listening. I love you all. And another thing that I just realized is that I did not do the the 24 intro to the show today. But look, I took the show off last week, man. I got to get back into the swing of things. So I'll be sure to remember to do that tomorrow. And on that note, love you all. Stay sexy. And I'll see you tomorrow. Bye.